turn in your Bibles to the book of Proverbs. Um, this morning, a uh, couple of confessions before we really get rolling. Uh, confession is good for my soul. Uh, I preached a message similar to this about two years ago, and uh, it's probably better than the one you're going to hear this morning. I'm not exactly sure why, but I, I reviewed it after I had prepared last night, and I go, oh, we should just play the other one over again. Um, this is a message about work, about work and how to work. Um, and I can't get away from it. Obviously, uh, I'm in the midst of raising children. For those of you who uh, don't know me, I have a three uh, almost teenage boys. Uh, two of them are teenagers, and uh, the other one's big enough to be a teenager. Um, and then I have a daughter, and uh, so we have four kids, and uh, we have a home to take care of. And one of the issues that we're always struggling with uh, is laziness. Um, and I wish I was just talking about my kids, uh, but I'm also talking about my wife. Uh, I'm going to pay for that one later. Uh, no, I, I'm talking about myself and just my own struggles with that. Even as I, uh, yesterday, I, I was going through the day and I felt lazy. I felt lazy and I found it ironic uh, that uh, I knew that I was going to be preaching on work and uh, diligence and I felt lazy myself. And chances are, Today, this afternoon, uh, laziness will be there as well, and I will continue to struggle in the days to come. Uh, we're in the book of Proverbs, and I find it interesting uh, that Solomon was the one who wrote, compiled uh, the book of Proverbs. And what do you know about Solomon? Well, his, his wisdom is the thing that marked him most, and maybe it, maybe it was other things, uh, his own Appetite uh, for sensuality also marked him, and wealth, uh, wealth marked him, him being a king, uh, probably the wealthiest of all. Uh, probably if he were here today, and he would be the wealthiest in the world. Um, and this is just how it is. And so I, I find it ironic that Solomon was writing this to his son or sons, son or sons, to give this to them. And you say, well, what's so uh, amazing about that? When, when you think about talking about the importance of work, most of us think that poor people need to learn how to work. Poor people need to uh, learn how to work. But as I, I've been struggling with this this week, it is not one who is needy that is talking to his son about work. It's someone who is affluent beyond measure. That he had all the money in the world and he was handing it down to his son or child and all all the benefits that come with wealth. And, and as we look at these verses this morning, um, remember that it was out of affluence that he was sharing these things with his son. Um, I think it, it strikes me that we are like that as well. We are affluent people. Uh, we have things to hand to our children. Uh, for those of you who have already uh, gotten through that phase of 
high school and college, maybe you don't have as much as to hand to your children as you did prior to them going through those phases. But uh, th- this is what he wanted to give him by way of wisdom to set him up for the future. It's easy for us to talk about this in terms of our country. But I want to tell you that this is our way of changing the world. This is our way of kicking a dent into history, setting the course in a different way. It's our heart. It's our heart. It's the hearts of our other family members that live in our home. And it's the hearts of the generations that come after that they might know what God says about work. Solomon loved his son so much that he wanted to give this to him. And God loves us so much that he wants us to know this this morning. That's why it's inspired. That's why he placed it before us in his word. These are the words that should drive our day. And and I realize that this is so practical that some of you say, well, you know, I'm more interested in theology. Uh, grand, grand theology. Well, this is the theology of work, okay? This is what God thinks about work. Because of how he has created this world, uh, this is the truth that we need to know uh, about the world that we live in. And it should drive our day. Uh, it should get a, be the course that we God sets for us as we live our lives. Please join with me in prayer as we ask that God would work in us now. God, thank you for this morning. Um, God, I, uh, as I think of who um, you have assembled here this morning, each one of us, if we come every week or if we're only floating through town, I know that, God, you have brought us here this morning to bless us through your word. And God, sometimes we fight uh, with you in our mind. We have our own ideas. We have a different way of looking at things and we hear from you and we argue. Uh, God, I pray that you would find us to be receptive to your word this morning and corrective too, Lord, that you would change our course, that you would reveal our own sin and that uh, we would willingly give it up um, to follow after you. God, thank you for this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, Last week... uh, one of the children after the first service said, oh, 60 verses. And I said, 60 verses? He says, yeah, you used like 60 verses. And it was so long. Uh, uh, it might be 61 this morning. That's just my own preparation. I have um, 14 points this morning. I'll try to go quickly. Wisdom to drive your day. Proverbs chapter 27 Uh, Verse 23 and 24. Proverbs chapter 27, verses 23 and 24. Take care of your wealth or stuff. It's your job. Uh, God's Word says this. uh, Know well the condition of your flocks and give attention to your herds. For riches do not last forever And does the uh, crown endure to all generations? When you think of what it is, uh, someone who has flocks, what do they do? It seems kind of like a great job, doesn't it? I don't know if any of you have ever had a herd of anything. 
Um, for those of us who really haven't, it seems like a great job. You just have them out there, and it's kind of like counting money. You just look at them, they're eating, they're doing, and you don't do anything, and they're your money. Um, but but what this, this verse tells us is that we should know the condition of our flocks. We should constantly be going around checking to see if they're okay. Why? Why should we consider our flocks and herds? Most of the time, they're just out there sitting, right? Standing. Eating. You know, we could go on, right? They're, they're not doing much. They're out there doing it. And you say, well, I go out there a hundred times and nothing's going on. Why should I care? Why should I take concern for them? Why, it, real simple. Because if you don't, if you don't, something's going to happen. They're going to wander off. An animal's going to come. Uh, they're going to get sick and it's going to spread to the rest of the herd. And you say, well, well, what does that mean? It means that we should take care. That we should constantly check in to that which God has given us to do. And it's interesting that Solomon and his son connection, he said, and the crown or, or him being king, will it endure forever through generations? No. You can't put life on autopilot and expect that somehow God's going to bless. He tells us to take care of that which is our responsibility, that which is our wealth or our stuff. It is our job. Turning over to uh, Proverbs chapter 10, we move on. Proverbs chapter 10 uh, speaks of uh, a boss relationship, uh, a worker relationship. And you say, well, a lot of what we're going to talk about this morning is how to be someone that should be hired. How to be someone that somebody wants you on their team. Proverbs chapter 10 verse 26 says this. Like vinegar to the teeth and smoke to the eyes, so is the sluggard to those who send him. You know, I got this wonderful drink for you. It's just called a vinegar smoothie. You know, that 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 just shocking and just bad taste and you know and and what would be awful about that is it would be initially bad but it would leave a bad taste as well and, and it would be need to be removed and he says smoke to the eyes uh, most of us uh, get, get the picture of a campfire and the smoke is in our eyes and we go oh it's just it's painful this is what it is for a boss to have a lazy worker this is, this is what it is. If you are lazy and you're hired for something, this is what your boss thinks of you when he connects you and your work with him. Think about that. And you say, well, that's obvious. Well, it, it may be obvious, but we live in a world where people are looking for easy jobs where they just sit around and do nothing. And sometimes we even search for that personally. We just say, we want an easy job where, where we don't have to really work hard or do anything. We just want a job where we can kick back and get a paycheck. 
Proverbs tells us, as a father speaks to his son, he says, Son, you don't want to be lazy because you want the one who sent you, the one who's over you, to smile, to be happy. That's your job as... That's our job as we are workers, for the one who sent us, that they would be pleased and happy to get a report about us. Um, I I think of uh, the world that we live in, and it's interesting. Uh, Sports is always interesting because they talk about it like it's work, and it's like no other occupation in the world. It's uh, the NBA uh, free agent season right now. And these amazing players are deciding which team they're going to bless with their skills. And they're deciding which team they're going to kind of manipulate and be in charge of and tell them what to do. I want to tell you that our job, our job as believers, as having relationship with God, is to not be lazy so that our boss or the ones who hire us you know what they would they would say? Oh, I love it when they show up for work. I, I love when they knock on the door and say, I'm going to fix your computer or your windows or your plumbing or I'm going to serve you in this way. We're like, yes, they're here. That's what we are to be as workers. We are to be blessing that our boss may be pleased. Moving a few chapters to chapter 13, verse 4. Chapter 13, verse 4 says this, The soul of the sluggard craves and gets nothing, while the soul of the diligent is richly supplied. Richly supplied. As we seek diligent, to be diligent at what God gives us, the idea of diligence is the idea of working at it, working hard, working faithfully, just after it, over and over and over again. Being diligent. Guess what happens? As we are diligent, it says this, that we will have what we need and more and more. We'd be richly supplied, richly supplied. The soul of the the sluggard, he craves, he he wants, he wants all those things. But but his laziness isn't the avenue to get them. But the, the, the diligent, the one who goes after it, the one who works hard over time, guess what? You know what comes to them? It's the idea of them being diligently supplied or richly supplied in what God God gives them. This is the way God works things. I, I think so often we think that there's a shortcut or something. Uh, we, we hear of someone that has figured it out another way. But this is what God has set up. If you're keeping score, number four, uh, turning over to uh, Proverbs chapter 15, verse 19. Fifteen verse nineteen says this: The way of the of a sluggard is like a hedge of thorns, but the path of the upright is a level highway. I want to ask you a question before we think about what what this verse means. Um, is the lazy life an easy life or a hard life? 
Well, it seems easy to sit on the couch, right? doesn't take a whole lot of skill or, or motivation. And yet, uh, this is what Proverbs, or Solomon was sharing with his son, God is sharing with us this morning. Uh, in verse 19, the way of the sluggard is like a hedge of thorns. That's the hard way. <laughs> That's the hard way. A hedge of thorns. The thorns uh, represent pain, right? Pain in your life. And then it says, but the path of the upright is a level highway. Boy, you can make some progress on there. That's the place, the, the easy road to take. Which one is it? It's not the way of the sluggard. It's the one of the upright, the one who does things God's way. There's a sense of ease to life. Life is never easy in the sense of uh, everything going your way, everything's going to turn out well. But if we choose the way of the sluggard, guess what? Our life is going to be hard and painful over and over and over again. I won't ask for us to stand and give testimony of this. I know each of us could. Each of us could. could say, I had a great idea, but it wasn't that great of an idea tried this, and I thought I'd figured out something, but it wasn't God's way. We should seek the easy life to do our work in the Lord and see Him go before us. Number five, uh, turning over to Proverbs chapter 19, verse 24. These next two are, are connected to each other, and they are pathetic. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 24 says this, The sluggard buries his hand in the dish and will not even bring it back to his mouth. You get that picture? Nothing could be more pathetic. He sticks his hand. He doesn't use a fork. He, he just sticks his hand in it. He says, Oh, I would, but I'm just so tired. I can't get my hand out of the dish to bring it up to my face. That is pathetic. That's the picture. You think about someone who can't bring his hand up to his face, and he says, could somebody do this for me? Could somebody... You know, get a spoon and bring this hand or this food up to my mouth. I, I look at that and I, it's shocking. And, and yet Solomon wanted his son to know that this is the picture of what it is for us to do what we need to do. Who should bring food to our mouth? We should. This is part of growing and, and being self-sufficient. We should feed ourselves. There's a time of sickness and a time of age where we can no longer do this. But the, the most course of life, that this is what people do. And so Solomon wants to tell his son, take care of yourself. The basic things of life, this is for you to do. The lazy one will not do it. But if you're to understand that this is the picture, you will be pathetic when you do not take care of what is yours. 
Next one, uh, skipping over to chapter 26, he goes back to this same idea. Chapter 26, verse 15. I look at some of these and some of the other Proverbs and they're kind of striking and they're kind of rough to hear. Um, I can picture a father telling their son this, wanting them so desperately to know the importance of this. Um, Proverbs uh, chapter 26, verse 15. He says this again, the sluggard buries his hand in the dish and it wears him out to bring it back to his mouth. I'm so exhausted from doing this. There's a, a, a sense that we should have energy for work, energy for work. Uh, there's a sense. Uh, I want to ask you the question. When do you, if you ask yourself this question, are you, are you tired right now? Are you tired right now? Some of you are asleep already and you're wondering what the answer to the question is. You know, what, what, what? am I supposed to pray? Um, but uh, um, if I asked you, are you tired right now? And you thought about it for a moment, what, what would you say? Yes, I'm tired. Life is tiring. I, it, there's a sense where even me bringing it up is causing you to be tired right now of all the things that have gone on the last few days. And you're like, oh, I'm so tired. I'm so tired. Do you have any energy to do work? No, I'm too tired to take care of myself. Oh, I just can't do it. I'm too tired. Proverbs Solomon's trying to tell his son, you're always going to be tired, but take care of yourself. Have energy to work. Be a a worker who says, yeah, I'm tired. You can always be tired, but I can push through. I can persevere. I can push myself. I can figure out how to keep going. I don't have to be the pathetic one who buries his hand in the dish and it's too exhausting to even eat. To have energy for work. As we skip over to Proverbs chapter 20. Proverbs chapter 20 tells us, he shares with us a a verse on how to prepare for the future. And it's real simple. Um, I, I know many of us have read articles on preparing for retirement and preparing for uh, the rainy day and preparing for this and preparing for that. Uh, Proverbs doesn't tell us this grand scheme of how to prepare, uh, but tells us this one thing about preparing is this. Verse 4, uh, 20 verse 4. The sluggard does not plow in, in the autumn. He will seek at harvest and have nothing. Do you get the picture? He works, he works, and so he has for the future. He, he, he prepares, he prepares the one who is diligent. Is, he does his work, he works hard today, and then it comes to fruition and he has for the future. The sluggard does not plow. 
does not plow. He does not say it's time to work. He never gets around to doing the work of the day. And so when it comes to harvest, he has nothing. He he doesn't have a sense of saying, I will work today knowing that God will somehow profit that for the future. I want you to know that uh, the simplest form of planning for the future is working today. You, you don't need some grand plan of what it is, but but to say, I'm going to work with what God has given me today. Trusting that He will provide for the future. We move on. Uh, Proverbs chapter 21. Twenty-one, verse twenty-five. This is super important as we look at um, what it is that motivates us, what it, what it is that gets us moving. In Proverbs chapter twenty-one, uh, verse twenty-five, this is what God's word says: "The desire of the sluggard kills him." For his hands refuse to labor. For his hands refuse to labor. The the desire, he has the desire for want and for good things, for food, for uh, to have a good life. He has that desire, but he will not work. He will not work. And so it's this killing of him. This killing of him. Said said in another way, uh, skipping back a few chapters, Chapter 19, verse 15. It says this, Slothfulness cast into a deep sleep, and the idle person will suffer hunger. The idle person will suffer hunger. As I point these verses out, I want to point out this, this one thing, that desire or want and not having is a good thing. And you say, well, how is it a good thing? It's the motivation to get up and work. Uh, You all know this, right? If you were a day laborer, it would make more sense to you. And you say, well, why will that make more sense? A day laborer gets paid at the end of the day. And when they don't have any money, uh, you can't buy any food. And when you can't buy any food, you start getting hungry and you that, that hunger inside you goes, man, I really want some food. Oh, yeah, I got to work. Oh, yeah, if I work, I can get paid so I can buy, buy food so I can eat. It's all connected. And that hunger drives them. I want to tell you that, that our hunger should drive us. Our wants and desires, the things that that God has placed in us, obviously some of us get warped with greed and want more and more, and and that creates a different problem, right? That we're working all the time and we're, we're always fixed on stuff. But the idea of us not having is a good thing. And it's God's way of motivating us and saying, get up that you might do, that you might work that you might have. Desire is for our benefit. Chapter 22, verse 13. We're on number 9. 
Just use bullet points if you're not on number nine. It's easier for those of you who want to keep everything in line. What was number six? Um, Proverbs chapter 22, verse 13. The, The sluggard says, There is a lion outside. I shall be killed in the streets. What does that mean? It means that work is going to kill me. Work is going to kill me. He, he's inside his house and, and he says to himself, I should go out and work. But someone says, well, why aren't you going out and working? He says, because there's a lion in the street and I'm going to die going to work. Uh, what is that? That's an excuse not to work. Excuse not to work. Uh, do you ever have excuses not to get up and work? It's too hot. It's too cold. I'm too tired. I'm too this. You know what? I, I, I twisted my ankle and I'm, I'm afraid um, if I work, they'll have to amputate it. Uh, but we go extreme in our mind. And this is extreme, right? There's a lion in the road. There's a lion in the road. The idea in our minds is when we seek to be productive, when we seek to do what God has intended, guess what's going to happen? All the crazy thoughts of why we can't do it will come up in our mind. There's a lion in the road. I I should probably try this another day once, once the lion is gone. Did you see the lion? No, I just assume he's out there. I know he's out there. It sounds ridiculous, and yet it's this inspired uh, word from a father to his son. Just go. The lazy one always makes excuses why he can't work. But the one who honors the Lord is saying, I can deal with the the lion when he comes, right? I'm sure I'll be okay. I'm sure it'll work out. I, I need to get out. I need to get out and work. For us... um. There's always a reason why we can't do what we should do today. For me, there's always a reason. Why, watch, oh, it'll just be better tomorrow because then I'll be rested. And then, No, just get up and do it. Get up and do it. As we move on, uh, by, by the way, number nine was work does not kill. Work does not kill. Um, number 10, uh, chapter 21 Chapter 21, verse 5. You know what? We're getting out of time. Let's skip to verse 14, uh, number 14. Proverbs 22. Proverbs 22, verse 29. And I'll just tell you this. There's many more. Many more. Talking about work. God tells us in his word to quit talking and start working. He tells us to go to the ant, uh, be wise, get out of bed. No one tells the ant to get out of bed, so no one should tell us to get out of bed. We should get ourselves out of bed and get working. Um, Many more, um, many more. Uh, But I want to just end on this one. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 29. And I want to tell you that many of you here today have showed this to me. You're the example of this. 
It says this in verse 29. Do you see a man skillful in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before obscure men. To work at anything, to work at anything is to get skills. Is to get skills. Uh, It can be any kind of skills. Whatever the work that is before you, there's one who does work skillfully and there's one who does not. And whatever God has for you to do, you should seek to be skillful at it. And the picture here is this, that as we become good at what God has given us, as we obtain knowledge and as we get better at doing this, guess what? God will elevate us in His own time. If someone is great at what they do because they've given themselves to it, because they've learned a craft, guess what happens? They get in amazing places. They'll be before kings. Much of our poverty that we struggle with is because we're unwilling to get skills that matter. We're unwilling to work hard at something other than recreation. We're, we spend too much time surfing the web, looking for tricks to get around things instead of learning what God wants us to do. I hope this morning as we've gone over this that uh, it's just a taste that God wants you to be a different worker. God wants you to be someone who gives yourself to the things that he has placed before you. Please join with me in prayer. Father God, thank you for your word. Uh, I ask that you would impress this upon our hearts. God, you know my own heart needs this. You know, the hearts of Bear Valley Church needs this. God, help us to see our place as a humble, hardworking uh, people. Uh, Not someone who talks much, uh, brags about what past accomplishments that we've had, tries to cover up our own failings. God, help us to be workers that know how to honor you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.